All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well. We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hey there, welcome to episode 19 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. Today we are going to jump into why you maybe can't lose weight. We thought since, you know, weight loss is always a hot topic, I think you see it everywhere and everyone's always talking about it. And we also get so many questions from clients, friends, family about weight loss. Everyone's talking about it and it's actually a really complicated topic, I think. So we wanted to discuss a lot of the health issues that we see overlooked that can actually cause that weight struggle. So maybe that excess weight gain or just the inability to lose weight. So we're going to jump into like the hidden factors that maybe you're not thinking about. 
Awesome. Thanks, Renee. Uh, this is Lauren. I just want to say our names because I think a lot of people still think that we sound so much alike. <laughs> I keep hearing that more and more. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Just keep introducing yourselves. We'll just say um, our name every time we talk. No. <laughs> yeah. I love this topic. I think it's a super frustrating topic for a lot of people because I don't know, at least living in New York City, I have a lot of friends that are super motivated and love exercise and love healthy foods. And it's there's so many amazing opportunities for both, especially in the city. But I think, you know, around the country, this culture of being healthier is really expanding. But there's so much that we don't know about it. It's not as simple of an equation as most people think. It's not just showing up to your workout. It's not just eating your quote unquote healthy foods. It's definitely more complex than that. So we're going to go through sort of like a checklist that you can go through yourself because we want you to be your own biohacker and your own health detective. And hopefully we can answer some questions for you. But this is a pretty large topic. So we're really just like dipping our feet in the water with this one. So at the end of the episode, you can let us know what questions you have and what you want us to expand upon more in future episodes. That's sort of how it's going to go. Okay, so how it makes you hotter. <laughs> I think a lot of us correlate losing weight with looking hotter and feeling better. And that's not always necessarily true because we want to have a healthy relationship with weight loss and our workouts and food. But in general, most people feel better. They feel more energetic and they feel more confident when they're at a healthy weight. So it's not necessarily about weight loss, but just finding your own healthy weight. And when we're talking about healthy weight, it's not the images that are sold to us through marketing every day online and in magazines. Healthy weight is really your own ideal body composition. So it's that sweet spot where you're getting the maximal health benefits with the least amount of excess stress load. And we've talked about this on the show a lot about like the U-shaped relationship with most things in health and fitness, like too much or too little of anything creates an imbalance. Sort of like a poison is only a poison considering its dose. Like we have to find how much of each thing is a good thing. We also have to figure out what is good for you and that considers genetic factors. So we just want to find a balance. We want to find homeostasis because if you are in balance and you have that homeostasis in your body, which is that happy place for all organ systems in your body, then you are going to feel your best and you're going to look your best and yeah, circle back. That makes you hotter. <laughs> That's great, Lauren. Love that. Yeah. And I, I think we started to get a little bit into like the debate controversy. So let's go a little bit deeper you know, some statistics for you. Here you go. The total U.S. weight loss market grew at an estimated 4.1% in 2018. So that went from $69.8 billion to $72.7 billion. So, I mean, this is a huge industry and they're actually expecting that the total market's going to grow about 2.6% annually through 2023. So it's not going anywhere. It's just getting worse. And obviously there's so many factors for that. But I think what is that considering? Is that considering like weight loss programs? Um, just to like throw, I assume silly, it's like a Jenny. Graham I would, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously like weight loss supplements, weight loss programs. I would assume weight loss surgeries, but I'm not positive. If it doesn't so, include surgery, then wow, it's <laughs> really high. So we're not talking about like meal services or uh, gyms, exercise stuff. It's I mean, probably things like Weight Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig. I would assume yeah. all of that's in there. Yeah, yeah, and then all like the scammy products you find online. Right, so. everything that's fighting your own physiology and not actually looking at the underlying factors, right? Right, 
Exactly. And I think the problem is, you know, a lot of people feel like they can't lose weight because of a lack of willpower. You know, people will start to feel bad about themselves. Like I, I don't have any control over what I'm eating. Like no matter how restrictive I get with my diet or how much I over-exercise, like the scale won't budge and then people get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you also are hearing from doctors. Actually, I just had a client the other day. She said her doctor said, eat less, move more. Here's a prescription, get out. Like she ends up having a lot of other issues, thyroid issues and so many other things. But I think some physicians truly think that it's just eat less, move more. And that's as simple as it, as it is. I think other physicians know they just don't have time to really dig deep into a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today. So hopefully we give you insight into like what you can look at personally, and then maybe you can even work with your doctor to get some of the right testing done. And there's also like the whole genetic blame game, right? You know, my parents are this way, so I'm going to be this way. And my grandparents, blah, 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 you know, and, and you do kind of see that, right? You see maybe obese parents and then they have obese kids. Like it's not just the genetic factor. It's also, they're probably eating the same food, right? They're probably drinking the same soda, eating the same fast food. You know, it's not just your genes and like genetic code. So, um, well, it's the genetics plus the epigenetics, which is the expression of the genes based on your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So definitely some debate and controversy there, but um, hopefully we shed some light onto the extra stuff you got to look at. Yeah. I love that you brought up the eat less, move more, because that always gets me. Like for so long, I was like, that's not the answer. Then I've circled back at some point, like that should be the answer. The problem is that we have created so much metabolic dysfunction and inflammation and all these health disorders because we're eating the wrong things and doing the wrong movement. So if we were doing the right things, it could possibly be as simple as eat less, move more. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So it's sad that we've gotten to that point because I don't think that doctors are like completely incorrect in saying that, but um, they are doing people a disservice by not talking about the underlying factors and talking about food quality and blah, 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 all that other stuff. So yeah. I mean, thousands of years ago, they just... They hunted, which was their workout, and then they came back and they ate what they had. Like they weren't worried about all these other factors that we're looking at today. They weren't worried about Instagram and yeah, much simpler life. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're gonna try to keep this pretty simple for you guys. We're gonna go through a checklist. If you are struggling to lose weight, if you feel like you're doing all of the right things in the gym, in class, and in the kitchen, but you're still not getting um your optimal body composition, if you're not reaching your goals, if you're not feeling any better energy, mood-wise, your sleep isn't getting better, uh, we want to just throw out all of the factors for you to consider because I think a lot of this stuff goes unnoticed. So, okay, we're going to try to keep it simple. <laughs> Number one, uh, nutrition and fitness are highly individualized. That's our favorite thing to talk about on the Biohacker Babes. It is so, 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 so personal. And we got into this on episode six, when we talked about diet variation and metabolic flexibility and how to individualize your nutrition. And with fitness, it's also personalized. We haven't talked about that specifically, but we will on an upcoming episode to try to figure out which types of exercise are best for you, how much, when, blah, 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 all that stuff. So that's number one on our list. Number two, inflammation. There are so many causes for inflammation. And it can cause the body to retain more weight. So that's one of the biggest sort of effects is that your fat burning and your your fat loss 
and just like overall weight loss are going to be blunted if you have inflammation in your body. And there's so many causes, physical stress, emotional stress, environmental stress, food stress. This is just a lot of stress. <laughs> they all relate to stress. And sometimes you don't even know what the stress is, but there's a lot of ways to test for these. One just basic test for this biomarker is CRP, C-reactive protein. But again, we can go more into detail in further episodes about how to test for all of these things on this checklist and how to do more detective work to figure out if it's an issue for you. Number three, lack of sleep. We've talked about sleep. Episode three was who needs sleep anyway. Check that out if you haven't already listened to it. But lack of sleep leads to inflammation, which just already goes back to number two. Some other things we see, men experience a drop in testosterone. And I see so many men that are so obsessed with boosting their testosterone and they look to supplements or external sources when sometimes you just need to sleep more. You need to get better quality sleep, better quantity. Both sexes can experience lower growth hormone release, which shuts down fat burning and it also um, inhibits your muscles from growing. Another thing is the stress hormone cortisol goes up, glucose tolerance declines, your body shifts into fat storage mode. It's also linked to insulin resistance and high glycemic variability leading to diabetes and weight gain. There's also the issue of leptin and ghrelin, which we talked about in in that episode. So sleep is a huge, huge thing. So please be honest with yourself. If you're not getting good sleep, think twice about it because you could be killing yourself in the gym if you're not sleeping. Good luck. Renee, number four. All right, I'll take over from here. So yeah, number four, thyroid. Uh, So hypothyroidism is definitely on the rise for so many reasons, like, you know, poor diet, too much stress, lack of sleep, their sleep again, (laughs) over-exercising, environmental toxins, our thyroid is just like bombarded. So you definitely want to have that checked. And a quick side note on lab testing, you need your doctor to be looking at more than TSH. So TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, that's like the basic blood work. That's not going to really tell you what's going on in the body. So you could have a normal TSH and your doctor writes it off as your thyroid is fine, but you really need to get a full panel looking at like five different hormones. Um, We can go into that in another episode, of course, but just keep thyroid in mind if you're struggling to lose weight. Number five, gut dysbiosis. Uh, We love talking about this and all the different (laughs) gut testing and microbiome. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in the nutrition section today. Number six, metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance. So this is looking at, you know, cholesterol, triglycerides, fasting, blood glucose, your waist to hip ratio, really easy thing to measure and learn a lot about what's going on, um, and blood pressure. So this obviously has a lot to do with diet, but there's other factors that will will play in here. Number seven, hormonal imbalance. So I talked a little bit about the thyroid, but there's so many other hormones, right? Um, especially our sex hormones. And one of the big ones I see here is estrogen dominance. I think more people are hearing about this today, especially with birth control being such a norm, right, Lauren? I mean, so many people are on this from like age 12 to 30, 35. It's, and it's just causing this like major hormonal imbalance, um, you know, starting in our teen years, there's other things that are going to throw your hormones off, but, um, that's where like the endocrine disruptors really come in. So go back and check out our episode all about clean personal care products. Cause we talk a little bit more about the issues with these endocrine disruptors that are, you know, in the plastics also in our obviously personal care products. Um, but you want to think about like soy plastic all around and then testing, 
we love the Dutch panel. That's a really good, like thorough, comprehensive hormone test. So if you can find a physician to do that for you, it's amazing. Or reach out to me, Renee. Um, I can help you get connected for that. All right. Number eight. I just want to jump in about the birth control. I'm glad you brought that up because that one drives me crazy. Almost all of my female friends are on birth control and it's such a hard topic. It's hard to get people to open up and look at all of the effects of it because it's sort of just like, is a magic pill for a lot of things. Like a lot of, you know, they have period dysregulation and they have PMS and that pill just takes care of it. Or they have acne or skin problems and the pill just takes care of it. Like all these effects that the birth control pill is just uh, seemingly taking care of, but you don't understand the the effects it's having in your organs and systems. It is not fixing anything. It's masking a problem. So Uh, kind of like most medications, right? Absolutely. (laughs) They're just band-aids. And, you know, just remember the longer you're on birth control, like the longer it's going to take for your body to normalize, you know, it's got to get rid of that and detox and rebalance your hormones. It's, it's difficult. I, I actually consider myself really lucky that I had a bad reaction to birth control when I was, I didn't start it till I was, I think like 20. I took it for two months and I was just like the meanest person you've ever met. So it was kind of a good thing because I immediately yeah. was like, this is not for me. And I got off of it and I haven't been on it since. Yeah. It's just, it's bad news. That's probably a whole episode in itself. Yeah. I've heard some horror stories about it going to that really dangerous place, but so many people don't even realize what it's doing to their body. So yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for more on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, Lauren, you want to do uh, number eight on our Yes. So number eight is toxicity and toxic overload. So your body protects itself from toxins by shuttling toxins into fat storage. I think this is so freaking fascinating. Your body protects yourself by building fat cells. It's like this little like bubble wrap for toxins. Oh my God. I love that bubble wrap. I never thought of it that way. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, that's Aren't amazing. You, isn't that what you're picturing? Now, now I am. <laughs> that's what I think of when people drink yeah. diet soda. I just think of like bubble wrap. Like the more diet soda you drink, the more you just like build <laughs> bubble wrap. And it just like the fat cells keep building because your body's like, protect, protect. Like this is dangerous, right? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you have to get those toxins out of the bloodstream as soon as possible. So your body does this has this mechanism to protect you. So this can be pesticides from non-organic foods. It can be heavy metals like mercury fillings. We're just throwing out some big issues here. Drinking tap water with fluoride, using personal care products filled with toxic ingredients. Check out our episode on personal care products. Another huge topic. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Toxicity is a major reason why you could not be losing weight. And then our last one on the list is stress and high cortisol. Acute stress is okay. We've talked about this before, like minimal stress or eustress is actually a positive thing. Like stress can be healthy, but it's all dose dependent. But when we get chronic stress, that can lead to constant high levels of cortisol. That is your stress response hormone. And we don't want that to be elevated for too long because if it stays elevated for too long, well, it's this whole cascade of effects. Like it, it says elevated, which wreaks havoc on your systems. But then at some point it's going to just like drop in the basement, which is a whole other thing. So we need to be in that happy place. And that's really difficult to do if you're not ma- managing your stress. And I know some people don't think that they're stressed, but stress comes in all forms. Like I said earlier, physical stress, food stress, emotional stress, et cetera. So 
uh, high levels of cortisol or even really depleted levels of cortisol have been linked to increased inflammation. There's that scary word again, insulin resistance due to inhibition of glucose uptake in your cells. I'm just going to stop there. It's a very, very long list. And we want to make sure that we're looking at stress levels and we can do a test on that. Contact me if you're interested, but again, we'll do that in another episode. Renee, do you have, uh, let's do some stats. Sure. Well, I love this one on sleep that you found. So a study from the University of Chicago found that sleep-deprived dieters who averaged five hours of sleep nightly for two weeks lost significantly less body fat than a group that clocked in at 8.5 hours of sleep. Yep. Um, I love it. Like, just sleep more. That's all you yeah. got to do. That's all <laughs> you got to do. It's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. I'm a bad sleeper. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that yeah. set. Here's one. 80% of people with prediabetes do not know that they have it. That is terrifying. Uh, diabetes and prediabetes are rapidly on the rise. And that's really scary that people don't even know about it. Yeah. Wow. And I actually, I, the other day I listened to a podcast uh, with Ari Witten. He interviewed Dr. Brian Mao, who if you want to learn more about like blood sugar issues, diabetes, insulin resistance. I love Dr. Brian Mao. It's M-O-W-L-L. Um, he's just got a wealth of information. And I was listening to him talk about like so many people have insulin resistance and have no idea. Mm, um, yeah. yeah. You don't always have the symptoms. Yeah. Uh, next one. 60% of those with thyroid disease are unaware. So well, the purpose of these stats is to prove to you that a lot of health issues go unnoticed or undiagnosed. We really have to be our own health detectives. That's sort of why we're throwing it out there. Uh, a few more women are five to eight times more likely than men to develop a thyroid condition. Yeah. And to throw in about the thyroid disease, I think maybe people are unaware because of what I said before about the lab testing. Most doctors are only looking at TSH. Yeah. So like people are getting like written off as, oh, your thyroid's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Final one. Research has shown that cellular damage occurs from overtraining. Uh, not a big shocker there. It leads to hyperactivity of the immune system and can possibly contribute to autoimmune conditions. So that's a little bit of the fitness side. Ooh. Okay. So lots of science there. Uh, the takeaway is that we really want you guys to be your own detective. So we're going to go into like some of the stuff we've seen in our own practices through nutrition and fitness and what we most commonly see in clients. And then we'll revisit that checklist one more time. Make sure you got it. Renee, lead us off. You're going to be a nutrition cop. <laughs> I love your idea of nutrition cop, fitness cop today. Yeah. Um, they're both good though. There's no bad cop. All right. So for nutrition, what I typically see, I have to start out with the basics. I'm going to jump ahead here. It is a little bit about calories in, calories out, kind of like what Lauren was saying. It's just, we're just bombarded with so many other things that it's not always that simple. But sometimes I think we do overlook that. You know, people are like, well, I'm on a paleo or keto diet, but they're eating, you know, 4,000 calories a day and only burning 3,000. It's like, you know, sometimes it is because <laughs> it's so math. healthy. <laughs> Right. I think people are like, oh, it's a keto brownie and keto ice cream. You know, you know, don't overlook that. And I think just a quick funny story. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was at a, sadly enough, nutrition conference like eight years ago. And this doctor got up on stage and lectured about how it's only about calories. You want your clients to lose weight, just have them restrict calories, 500 calories a day, every day, and they'll lose weight. And I, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, what year is it that we're talking about this? He even said you could eat your 500 calories from Twinkies. 
So, okay, I'm not even going to go off oh, on that right now. Oh, my. <laughs> I, are you I looked around. around. I was like, is, is this like candid camera? Like, are people going to come out like and be like, just kidding? No, it was for real. And the guy had a book. He had written a book. Wow. Uh, That's like, I won't mention what conference it was, but when we were at one together and the, it was an anti-aging conference and the, the leader of the conference, we saw him eating cereal the next day for breakfast. Remember that? Oh, he was a cardiologist. Yeah. Yeah. That was awful. Awful. <laughs> awful. Caught. We oh. caught him. We caught him. Yeah. So anyway, so my point is just like, you know, don't totally overlook the basics. I think that sometimes like some simple like calorie tracking and macro tracking just to like double check everything's good is, is sometimes necessary. Also, you know, bio, bio individual nutrition. We always talk about that. You got to be your own biohacker. So just because your friend lost weight on keto or vegan doesn't mean you're going to just remember everyone is different. So don't get like sold on one diet and be upset when it doesn't work for you. Uh, the other thing I see a lot is food intolerances, sensitivities, and allergies, even allergies that people aren't aware of. It's causing you know all this gut dysbiosis, immune dysfunction, impaired nutrient absorption. It can actually trigger you to eat more. So when your body's not digesting and utilizing your food properly, it still sends that hunger signal to your brain and then you end up overeating. And that's where the extra calories can come from. Um, we also see an alteration in the leptin hormone. So remember, leptin is the hormone that shuts off your appetite and ghrelin is the one that stimulates it. So we see an alteration there, just like the way sleep does. Also with our neurotransmitters being in our gut, you know, we see lower mood, lower motivation, less serotonin. And I think that's a big part of staying on a healthy diet. I see a lot of people motivation, like- Motivation, yeah. Yeah, the motivation and then just like eating because they're- they're sad or, or moody, you know, that's another thing. But so what I often see is when people have some kind of a weird health issue, whether it's a skin rash or fatigue or brain fog, or, or maybe it is digestive issues. When I put them through the GI repair program, you know, I always tell people this is not a weight loss program, but if that resolves the digestive issue, I often see the weight come off as a side effect. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. And then also there's so much great research now showing how like the gut microbiome affects our weight. So certain bacteria in the gut help with weight loss, help with hunger control, appetite, all these things. And and some research is actually looking at they're taking the gut bacteria from skinny or thin people and uh, doing like a fecal transplant uh, into obese people and they're starting to lose weight. So maybe that's where the future of weight loss medicine is going. Bacteria rules. Yeah. So take care of your gut. Um, and there's even research showing that people that have used a lot of antibiotics in their life, they're more prone to obesity later in life. And I think that's that, that gut connection for sure. Yeah. My final nutrition piece, I would just circle back to the hormone hormonal issue. So we can support our hormones with diet. You know, I think people are quick to jump on these synthetic hormones or bioidentical hormones, which are great and sometimes needed, but let's go back and look at the basics of diet. So things like cruciferous vegetables are amazing for detoxifying, getting rid of the bad estrogen in the body, or even like a supplement like DIM, um, which comes from those vegetables. I also really like seed cycling for women. So that's where, um, I know I've talked about this before, but you eat a different seed each week of your cycle and it just supports the natural flow of estrogen and progesterone when your body needs it the most. And then the last thing with hormones is macronutrient cycling. So 
we talked about this in the metabolic flexibility episode where women can maybe do, for example, like keto for three weeks and then week four, they have to load up on their carbs and do that refeed just to support the hormones. So honoring your cycle and eating what you need um, throughout the month is, is really helpful. Don't overlook that. I all right. That. Nutrition cool. cop. <laughs> Sorry for all my rants, but that was amazing. Um, I can't wait for you to talk more about the macronutrient cycling. I love that topic as well. And we should go into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Good Ms. job. Fit- oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Lauren. <laughs> all right, Lauren, fitness cop. What do you got for us? Okay. So this is sort of what I see in general with clients that are just so frustrated. They're going to the gym six days a week. They're clocking in, they're eating healthy. They have all their healthy snacks. And so this is where I start asking more questions. And these are the, the, the sort of issues that come up that I see that could potentially be uh, halting the weight loss. So too much cardio goes top of my list. Too much cardio can lead to a decrease in muscle mass. And that over time is going to lower the amount of calories that you burn in a day. Also, it stimulates your appetite and makes you eat more. And then on a cellular level, we're creating oxidative damage and inflammation, which we are trying to avoid too much of. But I see this a lot, people doing excessive cardio because they want to track the calories that are burned because they think that if it's the same thing, calories in, calories out, they think the more calories they burn, the skinnier they're going to be. And that is just not true. It's not true. So there is a place for cardiovascular exercise. Like we do need it because it's one of the three energy systems. It's the oxidative system. Like we need cardiovascular training for health markers. So there's like a sweet spot, which I'll talk about more in a little bit, but that's number one. Number two, and this kind of goes in succession, not lifting weights. So too much cardio and then not lifting weights. We need some weight training, some strength training, because weights increases muscle mass and therefore will increase your metabolic rate. And that's what we really want if you're trying to change your body composition. So we want that internal fire, that metabolism, the metabolic rate to be working for itself. So not just when you're in class or at the gym watching the calories being tracked on the treadmill or your Fitbit, whatever you're looking at. Like We need that internal engine to be revved even when you're not working out. So strength training can raise levels of catecholamine hormones like epinephrine and norepinephrine, which are involved in fat burning, hot buzzword. We all want to burn more fat, and this is an easy way to do it. It also restores sensitivity of muscle cells to insulin, which we've talked about a lot. But again, we do need both. So it's really just about finding the balance between the two. I just find that most people or most of my clients, most people I work with are doing way too much cardio and they're not lifting enough weights. Or if they're lifting weights, they're really not lifting enough weight. Like they're not getting that stress on their, their muscular system. Well, just, this is a positive stress, right? Like we want a little bit of stress from the strength training to induce a change. And I see people just not quite pushing themselves far enough in that regards. So we can look into how to personalize this. DNA Fit and Found My Fitness can lead you in the right direction if you want to figure out how much of each you should be doing if it's not intuitive to your own body. But I would say if you're doing 60 minutes of cardio every day and even like doubling up on that, you are absolutely doing way too much cardio. So I would look at that if you are getting frustrated. Number three, you're eating the wrong things before or after a workout. 
oh gosh, I have so many people coming to me. Like, look at this healthy bar that I ate right before I went into class or like right after class. We talked about this in episode 12 to fuel or not fuel your workout. That's about pre and post-workout nutrition. It is very specific and you could be completely ruining all of your efforts if you're not eating the right things or eating the right things before and after. So something to consider. Number four, injuries and poor movement patterning. This is a a huge source of frustration because it takes work. Like I, I find that a lot of people don't want to do the work that is involved in treating an injury or like retraining faulty movement patterns because it takes a lot of time and effort to like change your habits and change the patterning in your body. So a lot of people just want to like get into class or get into the gym and sweat and rack up calories burned, but your body's going to be in a state of stress if that's happening. And then your body can't work efficiently because of that physical stress. So you're just not going to get ahead. If you are ignoring injuries, whether they are old injuries or new acute injuries, or if there's some sort of faulty movement patterning patterning in any of your uh, systems in the body, that's going to be stressed and your body's not going to be able to burn fat and get to that ideal place. Lauren, that's, I think, so important. And it reminds me, I, um, I need you to actually take a look and help me out because my coach the other day said that when I run, like my right arm doesn't swing as much as my left arm. So she thinks like my right shoulder's locked. And sometimes I have pain in that shoulder when I run. So now I'm like, so curious. So next time we're together or maybe over video, need a little assessment from the Oh yeah. We could do a video assessment. That could just be like your anterior oblique sling. Like there's a lot of, um, contralateral patterns that have to happen. And so it could be coming from your shoulder. It could be coming from your foot. There's a lot of things that have to sort of happen simultaneously, but it could be like an old shoulder (laughs) injury. That's literally affecting everything you do. It could be affecting your squats. It could be affecting your running. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And I, I'm, I could probably run more efficiently right? Like definitely slowing me down. I mean, you could possibly even burn more calories by doing less if things are working more efficiently. Like that's one of the benefits that we see when you, when you fix these patterns, it's really awesome. Yeah. It's it's so cool that you know how to do that and you can do that virtually. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing that. The corrective exercise is really interesting to me. It's just really difficult to get the compliancy because it's so much work. You really have to be dedicated to this. So something to consider (laughs) for sure. The next one, number five is doing the same workout over and over again. That's an easy one. It's really easy for us to not progress our workouts. It's easy to not implement periodization, which means changing it up, uh, changing the variables, and then also implementing like a recovery week or a week where you're doing like a little bit less. I think uh, a lot of people like to just go hard six days a week forever and ever, and they never change it. They go to the same class that they love because it's fun and their friends go, but you do need to make this personalized for you. So check that out. This kind of all boils down to the big one, which is your, you could be just working out way too much. (laughs) Mm. And So there's different ways to sort of track that. Like you need to track your recovery. Like maybe you're not really recovering, but you're still going to your workout the next day. So to figure out if you're working out too much, you really need to look at the recovery. And there's some easy ways to do that. Like check your resting heart rate, though there's some issues in that. Like a low resting heart rate doesn't necessarily mean that you are healthy or recovered. It could indicate parasympathetic stress from too much aerobic volume. So that's a tricky thing. So 
we like to look at heart rate variability, HRV, which we have talked about in the podcast before. We like to test that or check it on our aura ring. That's a really, really easy recovery measure to make sure that you're ready to do the right workout. And the ring sort of like does that automatically for you. Aura or RestWise is an app that can also do that because there's a lot of variables involved and they sort of just like do the calculations for you, which is nice. But uh, check your HRV, check your sleep, which we've talked about before. Um, hydration, it's so easy. Like you, your body's not going to burn calories the way you want it to. And it's not going to burn fat. It's not going to build muscle mass if you are not hydrated. So easy hack here, just like check your urine in the morning and you can easily get information about that online. We don't need to go into it. If you're not recovering, you're probably getting some appetite dysregulation. Appetite typically decreases with under-recovery and a high training load. I see that a lot with clients where they're like, I'm just not hungry. Like all morning before my workout and even after workout, I'm just not hungry. Like that's something to, to look at. I'm not saying that it couldn't be normal, but you need to check it. It's definitely on the checklist. And then your previous day's performance. And again, it's easier to use like something like Aura Ring or RestWise to analyze that. If your performance and your activities from the day before have set you up for success today. So. Yeah, that's great. I love how Aura will be like, yesterday's activity was really like hard and great and you recovered, like go hard again. Or like, it'll do the complete opposite or... It's it's such a great guide. I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. And it's been shocking sometimes when I felt like I didn't really go that hard the day before, but I have like created stress somehow in my body and the ring knows that. Mm. It's so cool. Yeah. 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 I've had that even like on travel days where I'm like, I sat on a plane all day, but you Your never know. probably dealing with a lot of incoming stress and that out of Yeah. That. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Personal yeah. experience. How do you relate to this, Renee? Oh, in so many ways. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I guess it's a little unique. Like I've had different weight struggles. Like if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I, I had a severe eating disorder for many years and it came back multiple times. So I was like very restrictive, right? I was like restricting calories, over-exercising. Most of my life I've been like at the right weight or maybe even underweight. Um, the two times that I gained significant weight it was clear that I was eating and drinking too many calories. Like it was very obvious. You know, I had the freshman 18 because you can only have so much pizza and beer before you start gaining weight. <laughs> and then I lived in Spain for six months where I ate my way around the country. So I can't say I've had like the hidden things, but I've definitely experienced like the drastic change like that. And today, like I'm still guilty of stress eating. Like I find after a really long, like crazy day with clients, like my last client, I closed my computer and my first thought is like, I want to eat something. I don't, I don't know why, but like, I've learned to just stop and like, I close my eyes, take a deep breath. And I'm like, are you, are you actually hungry? Or is it just that like your cortisol has been like running and you're running on adrenaline. And that's just my first thought. Um, so it's usually that it's usually not that I'm actually hungry. So I think just learning how to deal with that piece. And then sleep is huge. Like, you know me, I prioritize my sleep over um, uh, everyone and any, everything. <laughs> I love to sleep. And I find like when I'm tired, I definitely overeat, especially carbs. Like that's just, you know, your body wants that quick energy. So I'm not the person that you see at the gym at 6am because I have to get my extra morning sleep. That's way better. I'd rather skip a workout for the day um, than to skimp on my sleep. 
I just know that it's not worth it. Yeah. And then, I mean, just a lot of experience working with clients. It's amazing how many factors there are. And you do have to be a little bit of a detective in the world that we live in today, but you yeah. can lose weight. You can, like, you just got to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, excess weight is just a sign really that you're not healthy. There's something you're missing. Um, yeah. There's always anyways. something to be missed. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I just want to jump you? in and, and maybe correct you. You said like you were lucky to not have any of the hidden stuff, but I think you probably did, but mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have the information that we have now or the the testing to detect those biomarkers that we're talking about now, right? Like you definitely had some toxicity. You definitely had some uh, yeah. balance. You had inflammation, but you didn't have tested proof of it, right? True. Yeah, yeah. Like came true. around to it and were educated enough to turn things around before you got to the, the point of testing that stuff. We're lucky that we live in a day and age where the, the, these tests are so readily available now. So you can figure this stuff out before it's too late, which is great. Very so, true. Good point. Thanks. There. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What, what have you kind of learned or experienced with this? Well, one, I used to do way too much cardio, <laughs> way oh too my much. Gosh. <laughs> and some of that was just a symptom of I like, I taught class and I had to do the class with people. So I was sort of forced to do a lot of cardio. And yeah. my personal experience with that is that like, it actually made me lose weight pretty rapidly in the beginning and then it stalled. So it did that U-shaped relationship where it suddenly was not positive for my body and it took a turn for the worse. So I had high levels of cortisol, which then went into the basement. It became adrenal fatigue. I developed a cortisol belly. Like I definitely was not burning fat. My, my glucose was all over the place. I definitely had high levels of inflammation and I attribute all of that to too much cardio. So I learned that that's not worked for me long-term. And, uh, I just see it all the time in people and I can see it immediately. I can see when people have done too much cardio. It's just hard because people enjoy it. It's fun for a lot of people, but you really have to know how much your body can tolerate. Also, I've learned, this is cool from my aura ring. My aura ring has shown me that I burn way less calories. I hate to make this about calories, but um, it's just some information. I burn way less calories after a bad night's sleep. Even if I do like the same amount and type of activity and eat, eat the same things, like if I do all the like quote unquote right things, my body doesn't burn as many calories as it does after a really killer night of sleep, which I think is really wow. interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. I haven't really looked at that on my ring. I'll have to start tracking that better. So interesting. I'm just like obsessed with all the numbers and trying to like make meaning out of it. And I have seen like in the trends the ring shows me that there's like a, a major mm. decline. Yeah. So something Very to cool. be noted. And that really backs up our sleep science. And then the last thing is, you know, I used to to stress eat to a certain degree and meditation really turned that around for me. I think, well, one, I used to be just like way too busy. Two, I dealt with a slight eating disorder for a little while, especially in college, but I used to stress eat, eat way too fast. I used to not be present with my food, all of these things that really make your relationship with food pretty negative and don't help with recovery for sure. But so meditation really helped me change that because it helped lower my stress. And then that inherently helped me to make better choices and stick with them. So food was no longer a stressful event or decision. I could 
just sort of inherently make good choices. And that really ties into like the intuitive eating that we've talked about on, ooh, which episode is that, Renee? I don't know. I'm not going to throw a number out there. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the, you know, the studies you heard were where people eat more calories when they're watching TV, right? It just goes back to that mindful eating. Yeah. So... So, so that was really stressful and I have not tested my inflammation, but I guarantee like if I had tested it back then that my inflammation Mm. would have just been like, uh, through the roof. Mm. So yeah, the big takeaway is, is I used to do too much cardio. My body operates so much better by incorporating a good amount of strength training, but also doing cardio, which I don't like, but I found a balance that really works for me and less is more less is like way more for me. I found the, the less that I work out. And if I just do really, really efficient, healthy workouts, making sure that I'm taking care of injuries and good movement patterns, making sure I'm intuitively eating, staying present with my food. This is all like the really delicate, complex journey that we both have already gone through, but yeah. Yeah. I think the cardio thing <laughs> is so interesting. And, and a funny story, one, one of the girls I work with here in Vegas, she's a Czech practitioner. So she does a lot of the fitness stuff and she's turning 70 like this month, I think. She does she, not look that old. I cannot I, look that. I, like literally my jaw hit the floor. I was yeah. just like, I thought she was joking. Yeah. She looks incredible. And so I was like, you know, what, like, what do you eat? What do you do for workouts and stuff? And she's like, well, I don't do cardio. <laughs> that was like the first thing she said. She lifts really heavy weights though. Which uh, can be cardiovascular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is her cardio. Like, yeah. When but, I say like cardio, like not what most people think of like running on a treadmill or doing an elliptical. Yeah. She just does like uh super heavy weight training. I mean, I think you just need to one, get your heart rate up and you need to like break a sweat <laughs> at some point, you yeah. know? Like yeah. there's huge benefit in cardio and that's funny because I used to be completely in that camp of, I hate cardio, but you know, there is it's a lot of benefit. Everyone, it's different for everyone and there is benefit. So it's about finding that sweet spot. And again, you can check out like yeah. DNA fit or found my fitness to get you started on that path. But right. Right. Okay. Favorite hacks. Renee. I think I'm going to say aura ring for this one. I think if I have to do one hack, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to say, but I think that kind of encompasses like me prioritizing sleep and recovery over killing myself at the gym. Can't, can't sell the aura ring enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just being able to like determine my workout in my day and trying not to be an orthosomniac, right. With my score. (laughs) Uh, but it's hard not to be. So yeah. Recovery and sleep with my aura ring. There, There we go. Yeah. I'm with you on that stuff. I would add, I'm I'm really just obsessed with lab testing because I like to really check in and ask my own body how it's feeling. Cause I think that's really powerful. Just listening to your, your body's intuition, but I like to sort of like cross-reference that with lab testing and also with the aura ring, like using the mm-hmm. analytics and getting all the variables and the data to like right to cross-reference how you're feeling and making sure that they're like lining up or just to see if there's any outliers. And then you, you go like, oh, I need to look more into that or I need to do some detective work on that. Especially for me, because I feel like I, you know, I've eaten my own version of paleo for such a long time. I'm a movement specialist. Like I feel like I'm doing all the right things. But like I went to a functional doctor recently and did like a whole slew of new lab tests because it had been a while and like some stuff came up. And for a second, I was like, wait, this can't be like, I do everything right. But like, there's always stuff you need to consider and reconsider all the time. Yeah. 
What kind of, can you share like what kind of labs you did? Like blood, urine, like what kind of stuff? It was all blood actually. Um, okay. I mean, I Which just- very comprehensive. Very. I got, I literally looked at every, I'm pretty sure I looked at every biomarker possible. <laughs> but I also Ooh, did a- I want to do that. Yeah. It was really interesting. Things I had never considered, but I also did like a saliva cortisol test recently, which checks, uh, tests your cortisol throughout the day and your sex hormones. So was that before or after you gave up coffee, the cortisol test? Oh, before I just gave up (laughs) coffee last week. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) The point being is that I don't know. Lab testing is awesome and you should all do it. Yeah. But like, also it's not the end all be all. Like you have to really listen to your body and tune in. And that's why the aura ring is so cool because you can wake up and check it every single day. And then like, ask yourself, like, does this make sense? Does this seem right? And you know, you know there's some days, right. Where it's, it'll be like, really go for it. And you're like, I don't know. Or the opposite. But the important part is that you're yeah. taking in for information and considering all factors. So right. the quantitative side of biohacking. Yeah. So I feel like we need to do a recap really quick of this checklist just to make sure you guys got this. Can we do that real fast? Yeah, let's do it. So to recap, if you are struggling to lose weight, if you feel like you're doing everything right, this is the checklist of things you need to check out for yourself. One, nutrition and fitness are individualized. Are you doing what's right for your own type? Two, inflammation. You can test for it, but um, you can just do like a mental checklist of the stress that's coming in and out, like physical stress, emotional stress, environmental, food stress. Woo, that's a big one. Sleep. Are you sleeping enough and is the the quality good? Uh, Number four, thyroid. Five, gut dysbiosis. Six, metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance. Seven, hormonal imbalances. Eight, toxicity and toxic overload. And then number nine, stress and high cortisol. Woohoo. <sighs> yeah. So lots of biomarkers. And again, we'll go into how you can lab test and how you can do a little more detective work on those. But uh, let's finish up with some Q&A. Renee, what do we have? All right. Okay. Numero uno. What about adrenaline before bed and how it affects weight loss? Can this be biohacked? Um, <laughs> Love this. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. It was can this be biohacked? Like so official. I um, love that question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know simulated this question. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want adrenaline rushing through your body before bed, right? That's what kind of gets you up and running around. So if you find that there's something before bed that is stimulating that. I would definitely recommend avoiding it if you can. I don't know the exact science behind like what would happen with adrenaline before bed and weight loss. I'm thinking if your adrenaline's high, your body is going to increase blood glucose, mm-hmm. which is then going to release insulin, which I would think- And in cortisol. The, and cortisol. So if your body overshoots the insulin, then you have the possibility of hypoglycemia while you're sleeping which could then wake you up and increase cortisol and start all over again. Yeah, yeah so you're sure just delaying, you're delaying the release of all the hormones that help you go into rest and recovery mode. And that too, right? That's when you're burning fat. So if you're spiking your adrenaline super late at night, you're just delaying the beginning of all of those amazing things that you get when you sleep. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure you're not, you don't have GABA and melatonin and all that if adrenaline is high. Yeah. Um, so definitely a thing there. And I would say like my number one, way to hack that other than just getting rid of the source <laughs> um, would be CBD. 
I think that's a great way to just like calm the entire nervous system. You know, the endocannabinoid system in the body is absolutely amazing. Um, so if we can just take advantage of that, take a little bit of CBD, maybe during the activity that's causing the adrenaline rush or right after, um, I think that's a good way to kind of calm the system. Yeah. Or blue blockers, because I'm assuming most people are getting that adrenaline from like watching like, uh, some dramatic TV show before bed, or I don't know, playing a violent video game or I'm trying to think of what what else could happen. Yeah. That's a good, good thought. Yeah. The blue light. Definitely. Cool. Awesome. All right. Another question. How would one rid the body of visceral fat? So uh, visceral fat, a reminder for everyone, that is the fat that is surrounding your organs. So it's actually very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the more dangerous fat. That's what typically increases your risk for cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, diabetes. Through inflammation. Um, yeah, lots of inflammation. <sighs> I mean, a lot of these factors could definitely contribute to this, but I would say my number one hack would be taking advantage of like cold thermogenesis. So like, you know, cold showers, cryotherapy, cold plunges. That's a really good way. I know that specifically will target that fat a little bit more. Lauren, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm always a proponent for the cold thermogenesis. I would also just say like, look at your insulin and your, your blood glucose. I think, um, carb intake, especially if you're eating something that you're allergic to, if it's spiking your, your blood glucose, I think that's going to lead to more visceral fat storage. So just, I would definitely say like, look at the carbs that you're taking in. Yeah. Awesome. Great. All right. Those are our questions for the week. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, great. So <laughs> to repeat one more time, we are going to go more into this. So we would love, 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 love if you guys sent us specific questions because we're just going to start like chunking away. So if there's one thing on that checklist you want to hear like immediately, let us know because we're going to like sort of slowly release and slowly dive into all of these because there's just so much there. So send us your questions at biohackerbabes at Gmail or on Instagram. Renee. Yeah. And we, so, <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of guest speakers coming up, which is super yeah. exciting. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, like Lauren said, if there's like a pressing subject you want us to talk about, we're still going to squeeze in episodes, just the two of us chatting. So definitely let us know. Yeah. And you want to tell them who is up first, our, our next guest? Oh, sure. Why not? Jo- yeah. So Josiah Smith, um, he is a PA here in Vegas. That's who I work with in the functional medicine practice. We are going to be talking uh, with him soon all about regenerative medicine and the use of stem cell therapy. Um, He does a lot of really, really cool, fascinating stuff. So we're going to sit down with him and and go over that. So yeah, in the meantime, if you have any questions about that kind of stuff, um, definitely let us know. Amazing. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate your support and for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast head over to apple Podcasts to subscribe rate and leave a review we truly appreciate your support until then happy biohacking